0: Good morning, man, that was awesome, and I needed that right there. You can have a seat, find your seats, sit wherever, do whatever, Uh, but good morning, good morning. Man, that was great. Can we just give it up one more time? (laughs) Like, I love those guys. I'm trying to get them to follow me around through the week and just play music, like through the grocery store just to keep me amped up for Jesus. Hey, it's good to see you guys if you're visiting with us. uh, Thank you so much for coming and and checking us out. Uh, We would love to get to know you. There should be a little connect card in front of you in the pew. If you would fill that guy out, just uh, as much as you're comfortable with, drop it at the info desk right on the other side of this wall, and uh, we'll give you a gift back. There's some smiling faces that would love to meet you. Introduce yourself, and uh, we'll give you a a free coffee card and a free little book, and uh, man, just write anything you you want as far as questions, and again, we'd love to sit down with you and chat, let you know what we want to do here in this great city of San Francisco, but thank you so much. We pray that today is just an awesome, awesome blessing Uh, for you. Hey, next Saturday, what's going on? Not the Warriors, don't say it. I'm watching some of you, you're on your phones right now. Um, What's going on next Saturday? The big community cell is going down in this place right here. Yeah, I'm super excited. Okay, now if you clapped, here's the deal. Um, You should have got one of these guys in your bulletin, these these beautiful colored little things. And uh, if you want to help this week, even if you can give 30 minutes sometime this week, there's a nice little calendar on one side. We want you to check one of those boxes, and we want you to drop it off on the other side of this wall at our info desk uh, or at our our greeting desk. Just drop it off to somebody in leadership somewhere, and uh, we have to get kind of a running calendar of who's going to... Uh, help. Even if you're just coming the day of the sale. If you have helped for the last 10 years, it doesn't matter. Um, If you plan on coming coming this week or on the actual sale date, we need you to fill this guy uh, out and give it to Jessica or Agata. And I want to thank those two amazing people, Jessica and Agata. Can we give them a hand? And everybody else who's volunteered. Thank you guys so much. And for all of you who have... Shrug all the junk out of your house and giving it to us. We thank you so much. Um, No, it's not junk. It's actually great stuff. And we're really excited uh, to push this sell. Invite some friends. uh, Spend tons of money wherever you're at with your budget. And uh, it will all go to a great, great cause. Let me remind you of our community groups, our Thursday community group, uh, which is going so well. We had another just magical night. If you want to know more about our community group, There should be an email address in your bulletin. Shoot us an email; we'll get back to you and let you know about that. Pray for us. We're developing two, if not three, new community groups right now. Uh, We want about twelve in the next year, all over the city, all over Daly City, East Bay. We want to give you places to belong, people to get to know, and uh, ways that you can walk with Jesus with other people. You are—you are a community project. I am a community project. We're not to do this in isolation. So join one of these. Pray for this. If you want to start a community group in your home, come talk to me. Uh, I would love to set that up. I'm talking to two amazing uh, groups of people right now about doing that. So we're super excited about that. And then I need you to pray for something. Okay? I need you to pray for our food pantry that we're looking to start. Everything was perfectly laid out for us to run a food pantry for the mission and just love on this area with everything going on with gentrification and all of that. And uh, our time was bumped. Give me a, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not happy about this. Um, So I want to pray that this time slot would open back up on Saturdays at about 10 o'clock. In the morning, we were pushed to about two o'clock, and it's really late to do that on a Saturday. But I want you to pray for that, and uh, we will work with this agency. They're a great group of people, and try to start us a food pantry to love on some people in our area. Uh, Hey, is Waldo here? Where's Waldo? That was so dumb. That just rolled off of my tongue. Waldo, can you stand? Look at you guys. What? Are you going to Hawaii? You got flown to Hawaii or St. Louis? Oh, man, that's good. Hey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You get them. So these two amazing people have been at Bethel for years and years, faithfully serving. Uh, I've been able to serve with Waldo as well. These guys are a delight to my heart, and I know to all of you who know them. And uh, they are moving to love on grandbabies. Yeah? And so I, I asked them, why don't you stay? And they said, because you're not as cute as grandbabies. So I lost out. So they're flying out. When are you guys flying out? They're driving out. Really pray for them. Um, But uh, I want you to love on them. Take them out to lunch. There's like 14 lunches set up for you guys after church. Uh, But I want to give them a hand and thank them. Love you guys. Love you guys. No, you cannot preach today. You can't preach today. Now, say, you guys, I love you guys so much and uh, I pray this sermon would be a great, great blessing to you guys as well. All right, we're starting a new series. We, we, are, we are in a new series, I should say. We started last week. Um, by the way, these, these sermons will be online. Many of you guys ask how you can get a hold of this sermon or these sermons. Go online. And uh, all of these guys are loaded uh, and ready to go. But we're calling it A Rebel's Fight for Joy. Um, I'm on a quest right now. I'm on a mission to be full of joy, to experience some transcending peace in my life. Um, How many of you guys would love that? (laughs) I mean, every hand should be up right now. Um, And and I'm calling this a rebel's fight for joy because here's what we're going to have to do, you guys. We're going to have to fight against some things and rebel against some things like Paul did if we're going to unlock this joy. You're going to have to fight with me against your own mind, your own emotions, What people have told you, what people are telling you, what people will tell you, what our culture is telling us and teaching us, that which brings joy, we're going to have to divorce all of that, and we're going to have to rebel radically against all of this mess and listen to the voice of Jesus and find some real exotic joy in our lives. Yeah? Amen moment right there. There's like three amen moments right there. We're working on it. So let me say a few things as I introduce, introduce this. I'm going to drop one easy point today from Philippians uh, chapter 1, and it's going to be amazing if you apply this. I'm telling you, your life is going to change because my life is changing. My life is changing. So let me talk about joy for a little bit. I mean, isn't that just a great word? But let's be careful. Let's take it off of the bumper sticker. You know, joy, joy. We hear joy. We hear so much. I think of Mickey Mouse when I think of joy. You know, it's just like joy. Okay, we get it. I want, to, I want to get away from that concept of joy, and I want to get into a transcending biblical state of being that no matter what's going on in your life, you have a sense of stability, peace, and rhythm and harmony with God. That would be fantastic. So here's, here's, my, uh, here's my anthem. Life is designed to be lived like a song. Life is designed. Man, you guys get this. Life is designed... To be lived like a dance like it's supposed to be free and beautiful and powerful and in particular if you're not a Christian here let me just tease that out like that's what Christianity is about if you're a Christian and you haven't experienced that this is your birthright in Christ like Jesus Christ says I saved you and I flooded you with this exotic experience of joy of peace of contentment so you can be in this Trinitarian dance with, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to swim in us, live in us, breathe in us, feel us, and I want you to feel the most amazing joy. I said this last week. Uh, I love going down to Pacifica. Any Pacifica inns or whatever? Okay, a couple of you. When You look at the ocean. We were talking about this last week. This is what I want life to be like. This is the dance, the song. I, want, I, I look at that ocean. I see the choppiness of the waves, the... The roughness, the disruption on the surface of the ocean as those waves are coming one after another, one after another, Psalm 42 stuff. And yet if you were to drop down, I won't, but if you were to drop down about 50 feet, there's this serenity, there's this peace. Crazy stuff going on on, on the top side. But you drop down just a little ways and no matter what's going on up there at the top, there's, there's this stillness, there's, there's this peace. That's Christianity. No matter what's going on in life, Jesus Christ says, I'll give you something. I'll give you a peace, a rhythm, a harmony, a stillness. What is joy? Hard to even define, and I'll explain why it's hard to define in just a minute. And I'm so excited about this. I'm texting random people just to let them know. I have no no idea who their numbers even are. What is joy? I want you to think about your life. And if you're struggling in particular, which is all of us, I want you to really think about your life. What is joy, guys? It's a state of being, it's not an emotion, it's, it's not an experience per se, it's, it's not happiness, you know, that, oh man, I got this thing going on, or, or things are good right now in life, so I feel this emotion of, of pleasure and happiness. No, it goes way beyond that, and we need something so much more powerful than that. It's a state of being, that no matter what's going on in your life, you are it, you are this thing. It's living with a deep contentment and harmony from within. It's living with this deep contentment and harmony from within. I don't need anything out here to create it. Nothing. As a matter of fact, in spite of everything out here, I still maintain this state of being where I'm in perfect harmony and peace. From the very core of our beings, man, you think of even babies. From the very core of our beings, from, from the very earliest stages, we want this peace. Now, you see it all over the world. You see it in every human being. They're on a quest. Many people come to this city because they want to find this contentment, this peace, this joy. But the problem we're having, guys, is where we're looking for this joy, where we're looking for this state of being. Where can I find this stillness, this peace in my marriage or because I'm unemployed or because I have this illness in my body or whatever it is, where do I get this thing? And maybe it's a question of priorities. I don't know. I'm still kind of working through this in my own life. But let me ask you this question. Where are you trying to find this joy? Just answer it for yourself. Where do we look for this, this state of being? What do we look to to give us this state of being? And it's amazing, guys, and I'm, I'm part of this, man. It's amazing how much we actually focus on the external because we're physical beings, and there's nothing wrong with that per se, but we focus so much on developing, developing this 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 outward life, you know, with, with house and relationship and all those good things, which are a gift from God. But if we're just fair and honest and transparent today before the Lord, we could probably all say that we've neglected what's on the inside far too long. And it's hard as a human being to work this out, isn't it? So most of us, most of humanity, looks for this, this transcending, joyous state of being, this contentment, this stillness. By getting these things on the outward, but man, they always fail. They can't sustain the weights. And so you say, if I, could just, if I could just get away from singleness, and again, there's nothing wrong with marriage. It's, it's, I kind of like it. But, uh, you know, we say, if we could just get the spouse, or if I could just get school done, or if I could just get... But you know how we roll, guys? We get that thing. We realize it's not holding the weight to give me the joy I need, and so now I'm on to the next thing. That's why we get bitter at these things. They're bad saviors. They fail us every time. And if we could find joy with God from within, we could release these things and love and enjoy them how they're designed to be enjoyed. So I'm going to put myself first. I'm not condemning a soul here. We often try to seek happiness from the outside, from money, from power, control. And most people never pay enough attention to the ultimate source of joy, which is inside, not outside, And it's only when we connect God with the soul and find joy there, only then can we have true joy and give joy to this broken world. We are vessels of joy. We need to bring joy to this world. Man, I am so broken looking at news now. Like, I can't even look anymore. It just kills me. You know, San Francisco news, world news, you know, what's going on in Europe right now. Just the different diseases and epidemics that are going on and the brokenness of this world. It's like we are supposed to be these vessels who are experiencing this thing with God inside of us and then we are to go out into this culture, this world, and actually deliver and leak out this joy and change the world. But of course, if we're not full of joy, if we're not experiencing it, we've got nothing to give to this world. So let's unlock it together. And let me just say something as a representative of of you. I'm tired of flowing with the ups and downs of life. Yeah? I'm tired of breaking over the conditions of life. I want life to break over me. I want to be so steady and so still and so at peace with such a transcending joy and harmony in my life with God that no matter what life throws at me, like like one of those rocks down on the beach, Uh, here in Pacifica or Daily City or right here in San Francisco, you see these massive, beautiful rocks and, and these waves hit them, but the rock doesn't move. The rock is steady. The waves crack and they break around the rock. That's what we're supposed to be, that no matter what this world throws at us, we're steady, we're solid, we're content, we're still, we're at peace. Let all these things shadow around us. They can't break us. They can't take away this joy. Look at Galatians 5.22. We'll throw this stuff up on the screen. Uh, If you have a Bible, a pew Bible, whatever, uh, Galatians 5.22. This is the gift given to those who become Christians. When I realized one day that I was made for God, (laughs) like I looked for life everywhere. 20 years, I looked for life everywhere. Growing up in Seattle, I've I've told this so many times, you guys. Um, I've looked for life in partying. I've looked... I've looked for life in, in control, in power, running with a certain group, having a certain relationship, and then trying to go pro playing baseball, and when that fell, just picking up the next thing, that fails, picking up the next thing, I find myself sitting in a used bookstore um, in uh, Lake Forest Park in Washington, and I'm reading books, trying to find life, trying to find peace, trying to find joy and contentment, and philosophy and metaphysics and all these weird fields, and I'm like, man, where... Where's life? And so my girlfriend, who's now my wife, she, she comes up to me one day in that bookstore, and she goes, you want to go to church? You know, and I'm like, careful now. <laughs> Did you just say church? Like, I've never been in a church in my life. You know, maybe in a wedding or something like that, but I, yikes. And so we roll into this church, and we hear this guy, and he's, uh, he's, he's teaching the Bible, and he's telling us uh, he's telling hundreds of people that uh, you were made for God, and, and until you come back to God, you can't find life. You were made by God for God, and you are separated from God. And if you could find a way to come back to God, you would feel the peace. you got a massive hole inside you, and the little things you keep putting inside you to give you life, like career and success and control, they're, they're like marbles, and there's this massive hole in you. They just keep rolling around. But God, man, he won't just fill it. He'll, he'll it. he'll blow the edges right out. So come back to him, and here's how you come back to him. It's not through your good deeds. It's not by getting real religious. It's not by cleaning up the outside. As a matter of fact, if you try to clean up and then come to God, he doesn't accept you. What you got to do is you got to come to God in your state of being, in all of your brokenness, and all of your sin, because he's a great lover and a great forgiver. And he told me about Jesus Christ in this sermon, and he says, that's why Jesus died on the cross. What separates you from God is, is this thing we call sin, falling short of God's design, but God loves you, and he's after you. He's the, he's the hound of heaven, and he wants you. And, and so Jesus died for your sins. He, he rose from the dead. He's alive. He built the bridge between you and God. And now all you got to do is believe in Jesus, seek him for the forgiveness of your sins, and he'll wipe the whole slate clean. He'll receive you. He'll love you. You'll be a part of the family of God, and he'll inject in you this thing called joy. And I I was the most miserable man on the face of the earth. And you're like, no, I had you beat. (laughs) No, I was. (laughs) And when I got saved, when I turned to Jesus and came to him, I had never prayed a prayer in my life. (laughs) You know, I threw a lot of Hail Marys and football, but that was about it. And when I came to Jesus, and I, I'm like, I don't even know how to pray, but Jesus, like, I'm tired of this life. I just want to believe in you, and I want, to, I want you to forgive me of everything I've done. I just want, to, I want a new life in you. Like, man, I felt this transcending peace all of a sudden hit me. And I'm not saying it's there all the time, because I got this crazy body like you do, and, and it wars with my soul. But I have this new injected peace And I can now become that rock that the waves break against because I have this thing in me now. The Holy Spirit of God has come upon me. Look at at what we get, but the fruit of the Spirit. Like when Jesus' Spirit comes in me, he brings with him his love. That's not my love. It's not like the fruit of the Spirit is, John, your love, John, your joy. I don't have any of that. No, this is the love of God invading me. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, brought you love, John, brought you joy, brought you peace, brought you patience. You can talk to my wife about that. I'm growing through that. He brought you kindness, John. You were not kind before. He did something to your heart. He's given you a desire for goodness, He's made you faithful to Him. You you love Him because He's given you that love. He's made you gentle when you were so hard. And when you were out of control, he gave you self-control through, through the spirit of Jesus in you. And watch what happens here. Against such things, there is no law. Here's what that means. You can't do that in the power of your own flesh. You can't just, I, I tried, I couldn't just will, like, I'm gonna be happy. I had to have God invade me, come upon me, and give me his happiness. I just couldn't do it on my own. I needed a power from on high. And so we have this joy. It's inside of us. If you're saved today, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus has come inside of you, and the joy of God is lodged up in here. Here's the big question. Then why aren't we experiencing it more? What if I told you there's a a secret to it? What if I told you that Paul the Apostle, an early Christian leader, found a way to unlock it? There's a couple of things you got to do to allow the Holy Spirit to say, now I'm going to let go and flood you with joy. But you got to unlock it. you got to do these things. How many of you would love to know what those things are? All right, let's pray. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> that joke's old now, isn't it? All right, I'm working on it. Uh, look at Philippians 4, 7. Paul's my hero now. Love this guy. Studying his life. Let me let me show you something that's hit me this week that I'm obsessed with now. I'm I'm crazed about. I'm going on this journey to tap into it and find more of it. Joy is a part of God's life. God is joyous. Do you know right now where God is in his dimension, he's totally at peace right now? Like wherever God is right now, he's totally happy. He's totally still and content where he's at. Even with everything going on, God, God is content. God is joyous. So joy is a part of God. As a matter of fact, I'd go this far uh, and, and tell you that joy is not even of our world. It's of God's worlds. Like there's a supernatural experience in another dimension called joy, and it's what God lives in. And God invaded our earth (laughs) through the Holy Spirit and he comes inside of you and he brings you a piece of God's life. He brings you a piece of God's dimension. He brings you an experience from another world and that's why Paul says in Philippians 4, 7, check this out. And the peace of God, see it's his, which surpasses all understanding. Like you'll never even understand it because it's not from here. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus because you've accepted Christ Jesus. The peace of God is of God's world, and when the Holy Spirit brings it in you, you can't even define it. It's like, it's like telling a dog what the internet is, like, this is something of God's world. And yet we have the ability to not only have it inside of us, but allow it to flow out from us. And that's the amazing experience we feel with God, or we're supposed to feel with God. Like, I I couldn't find this experience anywhere in the world, not drugs or sex or anything else or success. But I'm feeling it just by thinking about Jesus and worshiping Jesus with, with Jesus' people. What is this thing? It's of another world. It's of his life. It's of his realm. And yet it's in us. Look at Philippians 4.12. So why don't we experience it more? Well, here it is right here. Check this out. Paul goes like this. Man, this can be your life right here. Be excited about this. I know how to be brought low. I, I know how to lose. I, I know how to lose a job. I know how to lose my health. And I know how to abound. I know how to be successful and to be blessed by God and... and uh, to have family and health and job and career. I know how to do them both. Well, how do you do them both, Paul? He goes like this. In any and every circumstance, <laughs> that's broad. Like no matter what happens in my life, I have learned. So there it is. I had to learn the secrets, uh-oh, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things I can know peace, serenity, I can know stillness, I can maintain joy no matter what is going on because of Christ who's doing something in me, but I had to learn the secret and I had to unlock it. I'm on a quest to unlock that secret. There's about six of them in this little letter. There's about six little secrets, little locks that Paul unlocks and he says, if you do this, watch what happens. If you do this, watch the joy that's coming. And if you're struggling with joy, which most of us are at times, know that you may have something locked that needs to be unlocked so the Holy Spirit can flood you with this experience of joy. So this should be a liberating Sunday. Now, I'm going to call this one point, and you're going to go, yeah, I've heard this before, but just hang on. I'm going to call this one point, finding joy through selflessness. Finding joy through, uh uh-oh. Finding joy through selflessness. Now, I have times in my life when I have like 18 of those locks, and they all need to be unlocked so the Holy Spirit will go, Here you go, John. So, so in essence, here's what's going on. Paul's going to explain it. Um, Paul started this church in the city of Philippi. Just follow me here. And uh, he loved this church. He hadn't seen it for about 10 years, and he got locked up. He was a rebel. And he was preaching Jesus and loving people, and, and the government didn't like that, so they locked Paul up. And uh, one day, a knock on the door. We talked about this last week. One day, a knock on the door, and it's this guy named Epaphroditus. Don't worry about him. He's got a short part in this whole story. And he says, Paul, I know you don't know me. I'm Epaphroditus. I'm from the church you started in Philippi. Paul says, well, come in, come in this little room. Sit down at the desk with me. What's going on? Epaphroditus says, well, we brought you some stuff. The church says they love you, but we're struggling. We're struggling bad." We've lost our joy. And Paul says, well, tell me what's going on in the church. And Epaphroditus, no doubt, goes like this. People are fighting. They're competing. There's a tug of war. And Paul says, well, there it is right there. You've locked up the Holy Spirit. And he goes like this. Give me parchment. Give me pen. And he begins to email. No, he doesn't. He begins to write down on this old piece of parchment a letter to this church and he's gonna roll it up, he's gonna give it to Epaphroditus and he's gonna say, dude, go take this back to the church and read it and teach them how to unlock joy. And one of the primary places he writes about is church gets selfless. The Holy Spirit has the supernatural joy from God's world but if you're all about yourself to an extended degree, the Holy Spirit says, I can't release it. But if you will let go, if you will learn to let go And live for others, I will flood you like a river. You can go ahead back there, you can get excited. (laughs) Now, let me buzz through this because we're gonna hit the table in worship. It makes sense, guys, it makes sense that to experience joy, you have to focus on you. Yeah? Perfect sense. Like, I want, to be, I want to be happy, I want to be joyous. Well, naturally, i got to, I got to focus on myself. Now, let me say, first of all, is focusing on yourself wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Um, let me put it like this. You have to have something going on inside you to give it away. You've got to have some form of mental health, spiritual health. So I don't want to cross out um, focusing on you. I mean, some of you are going through some really hard times. You need to focus on you. So this isn't some vow of weird, weird poverty where you just say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not going to take care of myself or my health anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything all day, all week for other people." No, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. So I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Yes, we need to focus on ourselves, but man, can that go wrong? Can that ever go wrong? What's so amazing is if you think about what a human is, we're community creatures. We're, we're, we're designed to be together. We're designed to flow with each other. And what's so crazy is that once you turn in, terrible things happen. Frustration happens. Um, I was making a science of myself last week, and I was realizing every time I'm frustrated, it's because I'm turning in on myself, over-focusing on myself, and frustrated about something I'm not getting. Excess stuff, not just normal health stuff, you know, normal life stuff. Like, excess stuff. Like, I, I have the right, you know, and all that crazy stuff we do. So look at Philippians 2.2. 2. We'll throw it up on the screen. And let's check it out in this church. We, we can't overly turn in on ourselves and make us our lives overwhelmingly. Or the Holy Spirit says, I can't let go of this joy and flood you. So Philippians 2.2. 2. And guys, when we, when we use that word repentance, that's not some evil, like, weird Christian mean word. Like, what we want to do after the sermon is we want to turn, repent. We want to let go of that and feel joy in a few minutes. So, like, let's prep right now and get excited for this. Philippians 2.2, 2, check it out. Paul goes, complete my joy. So, like, his joy was draining because the church was fighting. Great. Now we all have a responsibility to ourselves now to be selfless. Because if a group over here, not that you guys are, if a group over here was like, you know, having this little fight thing over here, I'm so connected to you in the Holy Spirit that that's now, my joy is now leaking out. The Holy Spirit's like, John, I'm not even going to fully release it in you until you go create harmony over there. So think of a home, whatever. So we got some work to do. It's all good. Philippians 2, 2, go back there. Complete my joy. How, Paul? By being of the same mind's. There's too, many, there's too many opinions, too many agendas going on. And this isn't just a church sermon. This is a life sermon, a home sermon. There's too many minds going on. So my natural tendency is to say, well, everybody get my mind and we'll all be on the same page. And you're like, no, everybody get my mind. And so there has to be one mind that's beautiful. One mind that's so beautiful. that we just put it right in the center of this room and we say, you tell us what to think. And we're all going to break over that beautiful mind. That mind is Jesus. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love. We all love differently according to what's going on in our hearts and our agendas and all this stuff. No, get one love in the middle. Get the love of Jesus. Figure out what that looks like. And you guys love each other like that, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition, that's your group, your group over here, Don't group up and talk and, you know, oh, or conceit. That's the individual's self-life. That's just, you know, hyper self. Like, I'm owed this. They owe me this. Paul's like, no, the Holy Spirit's like, I can't let go of joy in you right now. Then he goes like this. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. He doesn't say they are more significant. He just says treat people like, like they're more significant. Just love each other. Stop fighting. Not you. I'm just preaching. I know you're all like, what? What's going on? Uh, I was reading a a psychiatrist who's not a Christian. Howard Cutler, he's an author too. I was just kind of scanning this whole idea. It's kind of weird. And he goes like this. Survey after survey has shown that it is unhappy people who tend to be the most self-focused. Oof. Wow. That's heavy. And guys, we're all tempted to think that finding joy comes from being made much of. Being made much of. Um, And let me show you why it doesn't work. I think we all know it doesn't work, but let me show you why it doesn't work. Think of the word pride. Think of the word pride. It's an an ugly word. Of course, it's a virtue now in our world. Uh, But think of the word pride. It it literally means to be overinflated. (laughs) That's such a bad visual. I want you to think of a balloon. And I I just went to the teen room, and I have a balloon. I want you to think about what pride is. Here's here's why pride doesn't work, and here's why pride is exhausting and doesn't bring joy. It kills joy. Um, Because, and this isn't to be rude or critical to anybody, I don't have a tremendous amount of amazingness in me outside of the Holy Spirit. Humans are just humans. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful stuff, don't get me wrong. But I don't have so much amazement in me that I can do things, and you guys are just like, oh, this guy, this guy. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's bringing me joy. That's why the word pride means to be overinflated. What we have to do or what I have to do to get you to notice me, focus on me, and to get you to think I'm amazing so I can experience joy because I'm getting attention is I have to inflate myself. I have to inflate myself. And that takes hard work. So I'm going to preach and I'm going to inflate my ego in front of you. So you'll be blown away. But I want you to see how ridiculous and exhausting this journey is. And there's a much easier way to unlock joy. (laughs) If you think about keeping a front up all the time, like inflating yourself in front of people, it takes constant work inflating yourself. What ends up happening? Well, when people turn around, I go like this. (laughs) I'm like exhausted. Oh, man, I had to really put on a front and pretend right there. Um, I was reading a C.S. Lewis quote. Remember, you got to keep yourself inflated in front of people. I'm going to pass out any minute. I was reading this. Just keep rolling. Just, Jeff, come up here and worship if I pass out. I was reading a C.S. Lewis quote, and he goes like this. Pride, by nature, is competitive. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something. Only out of having more of it than the next person. I know I'm like, wow, Lois, that hurt. This is not the way of Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus will not release inner peace. Because this is not reflecting Jesus. He's not going to do it if we keep trying to be valued and find joy in that value by, by puffing us, uh, ourselves up and inflating ourselves beyond who we really are. And what's going to eventually happen if I keep blowing this balloon up is one of two things, right? It's going to blow, or, or it's going to, yeah, it's going to deflate. And this happens to people all the time. Uh, look at Philippians 4.11. Let me buzz through the rest of this real quick. Yet here's Paul's life. He doesn't have to do any of that. As a matter of fact, he said, I don't really care what people think. I don't even know what I think. It's probably a skewed version of me. He goes, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. It doesn't matter what people think of me. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if I'm impressing people or not. I have a peace. I have a joy. And then he goes on again. I know how to be brought low. I know how to, be, how to abound. I know, I know how to be blessed. I, I know to ha, how to have nothing. I know it all. I can do this thing like a science. I don't need to impress people. I don't need people to give me a false version of joy. I'm free from all of it. As a matter of fact, look at Philippians 1.21. Here's the life of Paul. Here's the antithesis. Here's the opposite right here. He goes like, th- like this. For to me, to live is not to impress you, It's not to get you to look at me and try to find joy that way for to me to live is Christ. I am so happy in Christ. I am so happy doing these things that Jesus tells me to do and the Holy Spirit keeps releasing this joy. It's so good down here because I'm experiencing this joy by living for Jesus. Oh yeah, and if I die, all the better. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for you. You see the others mentality? If I'm going to be here, I'm going to live for other people because that's how the Holy Spirit releases joy, because that's what Jesus did. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I don't know if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to die. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ so I can just live in a state of joy. That's far better. But, verse 24, to remain in the flesh... If I'm gonna stay down here, it's going to be for you. And the Spirit is gonna release joy. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and your joy in the faith. Paul, in essence, says, I'm writing you to be the example. My major life focus is to treat others like Christ treats people. And every time I do it, the Holy Spirit brings peace. I didn't say an amazing, euphoric happiness, but a peace. Uh, I'm experiencing this on a real level, that God satisfies the soul when we become a type of person, not necessarily achieving a a particular thing, but being a type of person, a lover of other people. And Paul doesn't say in Philippians 1.21, to live is to live for others. He says, For me to live is to live for others like Christ. You see, when you align yourself with Jesus and another person, you are you are coming into alignment for the Holy Spirit to release joy. Let me explain what I mean. We'll shut this down. So if I'm right here and I'm struggling with joy, and, and there's, there's another person over here, and God has said, I want you to love them. I want you to treat them well. I want you to do good to them like Jesus, like Jesus would. Think about what Jesus would do. They're over there. My idea of Jesus is somewhere over here, and I'm just kind of floating out here in the middle, and I'm going, man, why am I so unhappy? Let me pull something else in my life. Let me demand my own rights. Let me demand this, and, you know, I'm frustrated because I'm not getting it. Paul goes like this, guys, look, here's what I did. Here's what I do. Here's the secret to unlocking the Holy Spirit, releasing this amazing peace in your life. When that person and Jesus become aligned, when that other person is aligned with me, and I can see them now, no longer just me, but I can see them now, and Jesus comes in the middle, and he's looking at that person too, and it's like I'm looking through the eyes of Jesus At this person. And I'm asking myself, how would Jesus deal with that person? How would Jesus love that person? Would Jesus demand? Would Jesus? No, Jesus would forgive. Jesus would love. Jesus would show grace. Paul's like, that. for me to live is that. The reason I want to go to heaven is because I keep failing at that. But for me to live is going to be that right there. It's got to come in alignment. And that's when the Holy Spirit says, now you're reflecting Jesus. Watch what I'm about to do in your heart. Joy. I'm going to read one verse, and then we're going to hit the table and sing. John 15, verse 11. Remember, guys, this is not some elated emotion or even happiness, but when we focus on loving others and treating them like Jesus treats people, We receive a peace that we did as Jesus would do. It's a peace. John 15, verse 11. In verse 10, he goes like this. If you keep my commandments, if you do to people like I do to people, you will abide in my love. You will live in my love. And then he goes like this in verse 11. These things I have spoken to you. Watch how I treat people. Think of other people and treat them like I treat them. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy from my world may be in you and that your joy may be full. Amen? Let's bow our heads for a moment. we're going to sing in just a minute we're going to go to the table in just a minute but this is our time with God and I know this is hard at times guys but I want you to really take this time before the Lord it's very easy to fall into this rhythm of of only living for us and only demanding our rights be free of it today where you're at right now Turn from it in your hearts and tell yourself you are going to see someone today and you are going to think about how Jesus would treat them and you are going to love them. You're going to show patience to them. You're going to bless them. And however it looks to you, pray to your Father, your Father in heaven. And ask him to remind you today to help you see people like Jesus sees them. And you can know, friend, that the spirit of Jesus is going to unload such a peace on you and such a joy. pray for God's help today and if you're here and you're not a Christian this is our God He's this amazing and if you ever if you have never really come to that place of knowing this God knowing this joy that you can get from this God the best way you know how where you sit right now just in the quietness of your own heart why don't you turn just turn in your heart from resisting and rejecting him and believe in who Jesus is, the Son of God. The best way you know how, just ask him, just speak to him in the quietness of your heart and ask him to forgive you of your sins and to save you. You want to know joy. Do it now. everybody praying. Now we should leave this building just looking at each other and radically loving each other and feeling joy. Pray for it. No control, no self-life is ever going to bring the peace we're looking for. Treating others like Jesus.